This is Roof English Radio with Darinata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, this is Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. Let's check in with my colleague Berta Björnsdottir here at Roof to see what's been happening in Iceland over the course of the last seven days. We've had so much in recent months. We haven't had an episode of the week in Iceland. Okay. But summer is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the news has very much returned, hasn't it? Back welcome, to reality. Welcome. Thank you, Darren. Shall we start then with the Arctic Circle Assembly? Yeah, which took sure. place towards the end of last week in, mm-hmm. in Harpa, which is where these international events tend to take place. Arctic Circle Assembly, which is headed by a former president. Yes, Ólafur Ragnar Grímsson. This is the 10th time this is, has been held now and has you know, been hugely successful, I would say. Uh, mm. I, I think the main theme for now, of course, the Arctic is always the main focus, but I think it was kind of a preparation for COP28, the mm. annual climate change conference, which is held by the United Nations. It takes place in Dubai in November. So that was a red threat you can hear yes. in all the speeches there. It's very huge. It was 700 speakers in over 200 sessions over just these you know, four or five days, which yeah. it took place. Uh, and the thing is about this uh, seminar is that, or circle, is that it's not just those who are in charge. Of course, you know, a lot of high-profile uh, world leaders attend, but it's also, you know, activists and indigenous people and young people and all kinds of groups of people that have a saying in the mm. future of the Arctic. Now, technically, Iceland qualifies as an Arctic nation because of Grimsey doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> Just and a fraction very of close the, by, yeah. Yes, a, a, obviously has a, an interest in the region. Mm-hmm. And Russia has a lot of territory in the Arctic. The Danish foreign minister was one of the guests, one of the speakers at the Arctic Circle Assembly. I know he was talking about world affairs, mm-hmm. Russia, as yeah. it relates to Ukraine and the role that Russia plays and the dangers he saw that Russia might pose indeed in the Arctic in future years. And everyone is very focused on this, uh, that this uh, remains a low tension area. Yes. But, you know, still, like you mentioned, I mean, Russia has been showing the claws and, you know, everyone has to be prepared to mm. uh, to answer if th- that comes to that in this, this area, which everyone, of course, hopes can't be the, won't be the case. Yes. Katrin, the Prime Minister, has been on the world stage a couple of times this year, of course, hasn't she, with this and with the Council of Europe, a big event back in the summer. That's true. Also took place in Harpa in, in the Harpa spring. In Harpa as yes, well, yes. yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Iceland on the national stage and Harpa, a beautiful building if you've never been to Iceland, if you've never visited Harpa. It's just a nice place to be. You don't have to be there when there's something happening, do you? No, that's true. And, and a lot of things are happening there. I mean, they, because I think they... Uh, use the building quite uh, nicely, in my opinion, because you know it. It all t- all kinds of seminars, not only when the world leaders are coming for visit. I mean, also a lot of rock concerts and yes. everything in between. I think even Roof had an event there, did we not? Yes, we a have. A few we months have. ago. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> Memories of that? No world leaders there. <laughs> no, well, not that we noticed anyway no, over the course of the evening. <laughs> so that's the Arctic Circle Assembly focusing on climate change, but obviously with an international. Agenda looking at some of the countries beyond the Arctic. We mentioned the Danish foreign minister. I know he was also talking about the terrible news coming out of Israel and Gaza at the moment as well. Let's turn to very much domestic matters. The busiest or the second busiest tourist summer ever in Iceland in terms of the number of people coming into the country. Now, the busiest summer 
you might have thought that was 2019 immediately before COVID. It was actually 2018 yeah. was the busiest. But this year has been the second busiest and mm-hmm. almost record-breaking. True. And also, of course, very good news for those who are in the, in the business that, you know, COVID yes. didn't kill this industry, which is, of course, good. Uh, this is only the summer, right? This is only, you know, June, July and August. Yes, yes. So, and this is only people who are travelled throughout Keplavik Airport. So, in this is not, you know, who, those who come sailing. I think last mm-hmm. year over 20,000 people came okay. sailing to Iceland, mostly with Norrena, which uh, sails from Denmark. Into Sæðisfjörður, the right. other side of yeah. the country, yeah. And in these numbers, not, you know, private jets who land in Reykjavik. I don't have the numbers of people who come to Iceland that way, but, you know... And I think, you know, this is only the summer and, and I think what has changed in recent years is that tourists are visiting Iceland Iceland all year round now. Yeah. It's not only during the summer, although most people come then, but, you know, it's it spreads all over the calendar. Mm. Well, I've spent a bit of time this year, as you know, in other parts of Iceland, which is something I very much enjoy doing. I think it's very important as well. But if you go to Akareri or Ilstadir in the east... There is a desire in those parts of Iceland to have international flights coming into the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been a few problems, haven't there, with some airlines over the course of the last couple yeah, of years. it has been tried and, you know... Yeah, yeah, but I think it's going to be tried again, so that's the direction of travel, so that you will be able to fly directly into Iceland, mm-hmm. into Akareri, into yeah. Eilstadur, without having to go through Keplavik. Yeah. And then we just add those numbers on. So, sure. so the numbers that we have here, which are the second busiest ever, as you say, don't include those sailing into the country. Mm-hmm. It's if you other, don't don't include those who might at some point fly into the country in other ports of entry as well. Yeah. Taking all that together, you wouldn't bet against <laughs> next summer being the busiest ever, would you? If we have a volcanic eruption again, which is very likely, so yeah. Well, that's now become an annual event. It is, yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost seems... twice a year now. How, but how does that, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that actually, but how does it happen that that peninsula is geologically silent for 800 years? It's a good question. And then three, I don't have the answer. And three years in a row, we, yeah. get a, we get an eruption. Yeah, but it all's in, all in the same area, which is kind of awake now. Yes, it's so, very much awake, yes, isn't it? And it. and poss- the possibility of uh, another eruption before Christmas, according yep. to the Met Office. Yeah. Let's, Looking forward to let's that. Let's see. Um, <laughs> the first thing, uh, the first one was very exciting. The second was. one was like, okay, here we go again. And then, you know, if we're going to have a third and a, and a fourth one. Exciting, of course, always. Uh, and, you know, exciting is maybe a, a strange word to use for a volcanic eruption, but it's in a really safe place and, you know, mm. no one is mm. in danger. You know, that has not been the case yeah, yeah. so far, which is good. Therefore, you can use the word exciting. So. <laughs> and it was my first one here at Roof, so yeah. I was very excited to see it from a sort of news point of view. But you're right, it took place, certainly this year happened in a place that didn't threaten any infrastructure no. or people. no. The only sort of disruption really came from some residents of, of Reykjavik and Kopavoy because of the all, all the helicopters flying overhead true, to yeah, see yeah. it all taking place. <laughs> That's true. So fingers crossed, if it happens again, it's going to happen in the same kind of area. Yes, I think so. Let's okay. keep our fingers crossed for that and yeah. let's see if that leads to the busiest tourist summer ever in Iceland mm-hmm. next summer. As I say, who would bet against that? Now, I love this story from the National Library. Four ancient manuscripts hidden on the shelves of Iceland's National Library for more than a century without anyone noticing. Yeah, I love those stories as well. It's <laughs> it's so refreshing from all the 
pain and misery we are yeah. you know telling people yeah. in the news news every day well this this comes from a very generous man uh, willard fisk who was a benefactor to Iceland and of Iceland. Yeah. He was a librarian at Cornell University. He An American, donate, right? American, yeah, yeah. Donating 1,500 books to the National Museum. So many that four weren't even noticed. Yes. <laughs> For over 100 years, they've yeah. been, you know, locked in a shelf in, I think it was uh, in the cellar of the National mm. Library, but it's mm. been kept kept safe. And this is uh, supposed to be very, you know, rare findings. Mm. This is an mm. Armenian gospel book, yeah. poetry and a dictionary in ancient Persian, and a Latin book written on skin. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but very well preserved. Yes, because it was in this locked cellar, which is, you know, has the right temperature and everything. Yes. So that was a happy accident because it wasn't, obviously, yes. it wasn't placed there deliberately. It was no, just no. left there. Yes, uh, amongst <laughs> other books, but no one had, you know, registered those and, you know, didn't know they existed yeah. until recently. And I suppose because they've been there for more than a century, it's not as if the uh, the library can or the the library can ask anyone why this happened. No, that's or how true. it happened. No, no, <laughs> it probably came just in this big pile of books that Fisk uh, donated to Iceland. Yes. And these scripts, I mean, they are dating from the 16th and 17th century, so it's really old. Yeah. Well, Haldora Christian's daughter, who is an expert in manuscripts at the library says when asked by Ruve, how did this happen? How do we only know of this now? She says, exactly, it's a big question. You know, we, we just don't know. You do wonder then in that case if there were 1,500 books donated, four of which were donated without anyone really knowing, what else might be in there? That's true. I think she was asked that question and yes. she said, you know, that, that not that we know of, but, you know, you never know. You never know. So maybe in 100 years' time, there'll be yeah. an edition of the, <laughs> the Week in Iceland <laughs> where another four of these books are, uh, are, are uncovered. <laughs> now, I want to talk about what's happening uh, from our point of view tomorrow, which will be the 24th of October, which is the Women's Day Off or the Women's Strike Day, the 48th anniversary of the first time that happened and the first time, I think, since then that there's been a full strike. But we'll get into that in just a minute, but I want to get there by talking about Loisdosloik, the massive swimming pool in, mm-hmm. in, in Reykjavik, which has reopened. Yes, finally, after almost a month. After a month. Is yeah. that a local pool of yours or one that you go to? Uh, it was, yeah. I grew up around that, so okay. uh, yes, I've been there quite often. Uh, I think, the, yeah, it was closed for almost a month yeah, uh, for yeah. renovation. Yes. Uh, it's the first time in, I think, seven years it has been closed. And I think the people that, you know, missed it the most were the daily visitors. Mm. I think every pool in Reykjavik and in Iceland have, you know, a group of daily visitors, yes. uh, which is often uh, retired people who are in good health and just meet for daily briefing and exercise, which is, I think, very good socially and, of course, both for mental and physical health. So I think I've talked to some of the people who go there every day and they missed that a lot, but, of course, they could go to other swimming pools for this month. Well, yes, and there are something like 15, I think, in the capital there with with more in Copavoyd and Happen to Field and various other places. So no shortage of alternatives. But I suppose if you don't get around easily and that is your local pool, that's a big miss, isn't it? I I think so. And, of course, it's a big tradition, a daily routine for many people to meet. Well, I was back there this morning. Okay. For the first time in a month. Has it changed a lot? I mean, it, is it, it is cleaner. notable? Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> I, actually, I did notice that, and it was quite a bright morning this morning. Okay. So, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't cloudy or, or, or grey. It felt very bright, and maybe it's just the way it was lit. I don't know whether they're lighting it differently, but I swear the bottom of the pool did look brighter. <laughs> okay, that's than, good. It was for something good. Than it was. But there's a bit that I used to really enjoy sort of floating around in. Just under the bridge, there's a bridge that connects the two parts of the complex 
complex that you can walk over. And, right, and underneath that bridge, there used to be a little area that was kind of walled off mm -hmm. between it and the main pool. And I used to like floating around in there. Mm -hmm. But they've taken that wall away now. Okay, so tear down the wall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they've opened it up to the whole of the rest of okay. the pool. So I was a bit lost. I, I was see. Okay. floating around trying to hang on to my wall for a, a yeah. float this morning. So it's reopened, which is excellent news for everyone that enjoys going there. But again, as we sit here on Monday, it won't be open tomorrow, Tuesday. No, no it won't. And why is that? Because there's a national women's strike. Uh, women all around Iceland are, you know, uh, are many of them, most of them, I think, are going to... Mm. Not come to work, not do the thing that they usually do at home, mm -hmm. and uh, go to their go to downtown, whether you're in Reykjavik or Akureyri or else in the country, to uh, strike. Mm. Now, this first happened in 1975. Yes, and tomorrow will be the first time since 1975 that there has been a strike of that size. Because I think in previous years, women left work, well, not early, but they left work at the point in the day when they calculated that they were no longer getting paid. So True. they might leave at two o'clock or ten past yeah. two or something. Tomorrow, first time in 48 years that there's been this full strike. Why now? I can't answer it because of why. I think it's just, you know, a movement that, you know, of course, a lot has gained in equal rights uh, since 48 years ago. Yes. Obviously. But, you know, we don't have full equal equality. Uh, I think the focus is also now not only on equal pay, but yes. also on gender-based violence. Yes, yes. So that's something I think everyone can, you know, agree on. That's not acceptable. Well, exactly. That isn't controversial or shouldn't be controversial. It shouldn't be. No, no one's going to be in favour of gender-based no, violence. No, so, let's so, hope not. So, so one assumes that we're knocking on an open door on this one, so mm -hmm. to speak, aren't we? That this is an issue that's going to be dealt with, but maybe it is one that needs attention brought to it. I think so, yeah. I, I mean, as long as it still exists, we need to draw attention to it. Yes, yes. And a lot of workplaces, not all, but, you know, a lot of workplaces have, you know, given a green light and just, you know, say, we're going to cover for you. Yes. It's going to be a interesting day for you at work tomorrow. Yes. Or oh, can I ask, will you be partaking in the, the day of action? Yes, I am. You I'm will. not going to come to work tomorrow. Okay. And I think that's the case for most people at the sure. news desk here. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting day for you, boys, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to hear the stories on Wednesday. Well, absolutely. Well, here on Roof English, we, we hope that the, the service will be able to continue yeah. without the input of our female colleagues for the day. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how the, the rest of Roof and the rest of organisations across the I country are I mean, that's not going to be the case in Roof Polski because there's a woman who is in charge of that. Yes. And she is not going to come to work. So, yeah, yeah. And shall. I think that's, of course, a part of it. You know, it's, it, it, it should be, of course, a bit visible that, you know, half of the employees don't come to work, it would be... Well, quite. There's, there's not a lot of point in a protest or action if it's not noticed. That's true. It, That's it doesn't true. have any sort of visible effect. Now, in 1975, I think, we, we talked about equal pay, which, of course, is absolutely part of the law and has been for decades. But I think it was in the aftermath of the first women's strike that Althingy said, oh, OK, right, we're, <laughs> we're going to create a law to make equal pay part of the legislature. Yeah. So it, it definitely made a difference, didn't it? It did, yeah. And the focus on this year is also on, you know, the, the things that women do that they don't get paid for. So it's very interesting to see the old stories from 75, which, you know, it was a uh, really a unique day in the Icelandic history. And we I, I saw earlier uh, pictures of men with their children downtown with, the, with this uh, text that said, you know, it was very common to see men uh, around walking around town with their children 
like that was something you know newsworthy. Yes. And yes. I remember one headline from '75, which was they the men uh, washed their own dishes. <laughs> <laughs> like that was also news. Also news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it still is for some people. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And there's a lot of talk of what I think is called the third shift. Yes, exactly. Uh, so th- that means it's also you know mental load you know to be uh, to think about you know where your children are going for a birthday party next okay. week and to you know organizing. Re- yeah, organizing yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of things that that's kind of work uh, under this umbrella of unpaid work. Yes. And I think there was a story a few weeks ago suggesting that a lot of that falls on women rather than men. A lot of it does, even though you know a lot has changed since 75, yes. definitely. Men tomorrow who are supportive, they will be at work and will be doing more work? Uh, I hope so, because I don't <laughs> think... I hope that, you know, we're not, you know... It would be sad if, you know, every, every woman would, wouldn't do anything and... Uh, it would make a difference. Yes. That's... Well, it, it'll be really interesting to see what the the turnout is, if that's the right word, the, the level of participation mm-hmm. in this compared with, with 1975. Yeah, that's true. And the level of support that this has. I've noticed already this is getting international attention. Mm-hmm. We talked at the start of the conversation about Iceland being on the world stage and it looks like there'll be an international focus on Iceland again tomorrow. Yes, and it was in '75 as well. It made international headlines that these all, all these women yes. just ran out to, to the streets to participate. And there will be demonstrations taking place in, yeah. in various places. I, I know it's there. at two o'clock in Reykjavik. I don't know uh, if it's the same time around the country, but I think I know that you know in many places uh, there are going to be gatherings. Yes, and on that very serious point about gender-based violence, which is one of the things that this is intended to draw attention to. You would hope, if nothing else, that it achieves that very important aim. You would hope that straight away. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Well, we shall see. But uh, thank you very much indeed. What are your plans then for tomorrow? You won't be working. Will you be participating in yes. any of the action? Yes. Uh, we're going to meet a lot of us from the newsroom uh, and go there together. I'm going to thinking about bringing my 17-year-old daughter along with me to uh, see her. Uh, yes. No, to, to let her see what's happening and... I'll ask my two boys to be at home doing the dishes. Doing the dishes, fantastic. <laughs> and also it's worth saying as well that, uh, that non-binary individuals are being asked to consider taking part as yeah, well yeah. Uh, this year, which was maybe not an issue that, that had much attention on it 48 years ago. No, no, I don't think. We didn't have words for it, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. indeed, indeed. But uh, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. That's the week in Iceland and a little bit of a preview of next week, I suppose, yeah. as well. Good luck tomorrow. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be on my... Toes all day, I suspect. Uh, but uh, Bjorn Stotter, thanks very much indeed. Roof English, and I'm Darren Adam. You can get in touch with us anytime here at Roof English Radio. The email address is english at ruv.is. There is more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof.